Hey, hey, good morning, High Revision. All right, thank you. Come on, how many of you guys love Jesus today? Come on, I know it's first service, but how many of you guys love Jesus today? That's what I'm talking. Woo, church is on fire. I see some Broncos jerseys out there. Uh-oh, uh-oh, Peyton Manning going out on top, huh? Okay. Are there any Panthers fans, honest Panthers fans? Two of you guys? Good for you guys. Three of you, four of you? Okay, cool. It's all right. It's okay to jump on a bandwagon. It's fine. You guys are great fans. Um, I'm joking. See, today, um, you know, Nebraska, we didn't have a pro team, but we had the only team that matters, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. <laughs> Nebraska, I see you. You know, I actually remember when I, when I was growing up, we used to, um, I finally got to play organized football. We used to play on the concrete tackle because in Nebraska, that's how we got down. But um, I finally got to play organized football. And I remember because I was, when I went to practice, they were trying to see what exactly, what positions I could fit into. And I wanted to play quarterback, but for whatever reason, they looked at me and they said, you got a fullback and uh, maybe a defensive lineman. So I was like, okay, whatever. That's good. So I, when, I, when I'd go home, uh, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to start practicing all my moves, all the moves that matter. I was doing this, and I was like practicing my, in, my end zone dance, and I was getting ready. And I, I remember my first time in practice, they're like, okay, here's your playbook. Practice all these plays, know them. I was like, okay, great. Where's the play that I get the ball? It's the only play that matters for a fullback, right? And I was like, when do I get the ball? And I remember I looking at my plays, and I found the two or three plays where I might get the ball. And I, we went to practice, and they're like, okay, here's the play. We're going to just do a, a dump-off pass to, to McGaffin. I was like, great. And I remember, they said, I'm back then, I'm getting all excited. And they, they hike it, and they throw it to me, I catch it, I'm like, ah! And I'm already seeing the lights, and I'm already seeing my name and my face on Madden 2K, whatever it was, 96 or whatever. And uh, I was getting so excited. And then I remember the first time I got into a game. And, and we got anybody that played organized sports in here? Yeah, okay. So it's, it's, practice is neat. But there's something different about a game, right? It's so exciting. And I remember the first time I, um, we were playing, and I was... I was back there at fullback. I got called for false start three times in a row because I was so excited. I was like, not yet, sorry. Five yards, cool. I'll go back a little bit further. Oh, all right, cool. Let's go back a little bit further. I was just so excited, man. It was amazing. And then the, the one time, it was later on in the game, we were up by two touchdowns. Like, okay. They called my number, and I was about to get the ball. And you can already imagine. I already got three false starts, and that was going to be... Now I'm going to get the ball. So I was way excited. I was like, okay, so what's the play? All right, they're going to they're dump it. Okay, great. So I got back there, and I was so excited to get the ball. I was looking at my hands, and I was saying, hands, don't screw this up. Catch this ball, because this is your only chance to prove you were meant to score touchdowns. I was only seeing the end zone. I wasn't trying to get five yards. I was trying to go the whole way. And I remember they, they called it. I didn't get called for false start. And they said, hi, and I went over here, and I looked up. Free and clear. I turned the side, they dumped the ball to me, and I catch the ball. That was awesome. Felt like a million bucks. Looked down and said, Hey, ball, welcome to my hands. I'm going to make you famous now. And I was so excited to have the ball in my hands, man. And then I looked up, and in front of me stood a six foot five, 400 pound corn husker of a man. And you know what? I didn't want to have the ball anymore. As a matter of fact, I didn't even want to be in the game anymore. And so I had the ball, and I took a couple steps, and all of a sudden the ball just 
fumbles right out of my hand. It was my claim to start him in Nebraska. I was the guy that had the ball and dropped it. Um, never got past two again, oddly enough. And I, I was thinking back about all my crazy football stories. And, you know, I kind of think that's what it's like for us in our calling. You know, we're so excited about what God's given us, the gifts he's given us. And then we get them in our hands and we look forward. And for me, I was afraid of that big man. But some of us, we're afraid of the things that are in front of us. There, there's fear that, that maybe you're staring at today. Maybe it's blame or, or shame. It could be rejection or negativity. There, there's loads of different things that maybe you're facing today while you have the ball in your hands. Watch this. Let's jump over here to 2 Timothy 1.9. It says this. He saved us. Come on, someone say, he saved me. And called us. Say, he called me to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. God saved you for his purpose. He called you for his purpose and graced you for his purpose. So no matter how you feel about yourself today, you are called not to just some random purpose. No, you're called to his purpose. See, to me, calling is this. It's, it's that thing you do. Your calling is, is maybe your gift or your talent. It's what you have in your hands. And he's given you and me those things for his purpose. It's something God gave to you that will bring him glory in this world. You see, it's easy for us to, to look up on stage and like, wow, Pastor Jared is so called. Or the worship team, they're so called. Why? Because the, the stage lights here in the church magnify those giftings that are in their hands. But oftentimes we can overlook the giftings that are in our life. Why? Because the church lights don't shine so bright in our day-to-day -day lives. But each one of us, we are called. We're called. And, and I really believe that life change will invade your world when you realize that he's not only called you, but he's placed gifts in your hands for his purposes to bring him glory. Come on, someone this, this morning say, I am called. Come on, church, say, I am called. I am called. I am called. And, and your calling is something that will give you an opportunity to live inside of a God moment. Ephesians 1.4 says this, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. In accordance with his pleasure and will. Verse 6, To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. You have to understand that we were, you were handpicked by God. No matter where your, your spiritual journey is this morning, um, you're not an accident. You're, 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 you're gifted for a specific purpose. It doesn't matter what, what your family has said about you. It doesn't matter what your boss has said about you. It doesn't matter what your banker has said about you. It doesn't matter what, what life has dealt you the, or the mess you might currently be in. You are called for a specific purpose purpose. You are handpicked before the creation of the world because he has a purpose for you to accomplish right here and right now. See, it's not an accident that you live in Castaic. It's not an accident what neighborhood you're in. It's not an accident where you live. It's not an accident what service you attend, whether that's the new 850 service or maybe God's calling you over to the Santa Paula campus. It's, it doesn't matter where you live. It's, it's, it's not an accident um, what school you go to, what group of people you interact with, where you work. 
Because could it be that somewhere inside your current situation, there lies a purpose, a calling, a way for your gifting to be put into action? Come on, someone say, I'm called. No matter the situation, when we live with purpose, it affects every area of our life. Um, when we live with purpose, it affects how we raise our children. Amen. Uh, when we live with purpose, it, it changes the way that we, are, we live inside of our marriage. When, when we live with purpose, it changes how we live our day-to-day -day life. You were called. I was called for a purpose. The question then becomes... How do I live called? Four very practical ways to figure this out. Let's just break this down very simple today. Number one would be this. What do you like to do? What do you like to do? What are you passionate about? Oftentimes, your gifts in life that God has given you are hidden inside of our passions. The second thing would be this. What would you do for free? <laughs> Come on. What would you do for free? If nobody had to pay you to do it, what would you do for free? You see, a career is what you were paid for to do. Uh, and your calling, your purpose is what you were made to do. What would you do for free? That passion. The third thing is this. What do other people say or see in you? Uh, oftentimes, uh, other people see things that, that you can't see in yourself. Last but not least, it would be this. What comes easily to you that is difficult for others? What comes easy to you that's difficult for other people to catch on to? Now what we do is we take that gift that God has put in your hands, and we use it, and we grow it, and we make everything that we do be about his purpose. You know, sometimes when you start, like when I caught that ball, right, I looked forward and all I saw was fear because I was about to get destroyed by a large man. <laughs> Same thing when we start with our gifts and our calling. Sometimes when we look forward and we take that first step, all we can see is shame. Sometimes when we get ready to take that first step, all we can see is regret. Sometimes we're getting ready to take that first step. We have that ball in our hand, that dream, that gift, that calling. And all we can see is rejection, negativity. But the key is, is taking the first step. You know, because our lives are interesting, aren't they? I mean, I know mine is. It's fragile. I understand this about me, Mark McGaffin, that I am always just one wrong decision or bad decision from screwing everything up. Not you guys, just me. Like, I'm just one misstep away. Like, you know, I just messed everything up. And I believe that God understands that about us, but in somehow, in some way, knowing that, how fragile we can be, he still believes in you, and he still believes in me. You see, you, you're saved the moment you believe in Christ, but your life is transformed the moment you really understand that he believes in you. You're called. You have a purpose. We have to get those things in action. And a lot of times our past and our, and our present try to keep us from that. But we have to understand that our position in life is not determined by our past or our present. 
our position in life is determined by Christ. Christ never consults your past to create your future. No matter what you've done, how many times you've done it, he still has a purpose for you. The awesome thing is that, that God will, will never require something from you that he hasn't placed on the inside or put in your hands. He'll never ask you to do something that he hasn't already given you the keys to walk forward with. We're called. Uh, we have purpose. Listen to me. Maybe, maybe the people you work with in your family, they don't see the gift in your life. Hmm? Maybe they think you're crazy. With, well, you're going to go to the 850 service? What is wrong with you? Maybe they don't see it. Hmm? Maybe they don't see the dream or the, the burden you have. And we shouldn't expect them to. Maybe they don't see the greatness on your life and in your life. And they shouldn't have to because they're not the person that placed it there. God has placed greatness in your hands, friends. No matter what that gift is, no matter what that calling is, he has placed greatness. Watch, 1 Corinthians talks about this, that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. How many of you love Jesus this morning? His plans and what he has for your life. Don't be surprised if no one can see him. Don't be surprised if no one can understand him because they're not their plans. They're his plans for your life. They're his calling for your purpose. See, watch, we have to really look closely what God has placed in our hands all throughout scripture. God places things in his people's hands. Moses, he gave Moses something pretty awesome. He gave him a stick. <laughs> Moses, I want you to change a whole nation. Save a whole nation. Great God, I can't speak. How am I going to do it? Have a stick. <laughs> Young boy named David sees a giant, looks into his hand. What does he have? A rock and a boy's slingshot. Interesting. Look at someone like Esther. What did she have in her hands? God placed an opportunity into her hands. Hmm? Someone like Nehemiah. In his hand, he had a good work ethic and a dream. Peter. <laughs> he had a fishing pole. What has God placed in your hands today? You see, this, this stick that Moses had didn't look like a big deal. The gift to others, like, what are you going to do with the stick, Mo? What are you going to do? How are you going to help us with the stick? And you see, sometimes our gifts don't look special to anybody else. And here's the thing, the gift is awesome, but it's not that special unless God touches it. God took a stick and turned the future of a whole nation around. Well, God used a sling inside of a willing servant, their hand. What could God do with your willing hands, the gifts that he's placed in you, the callings, the purposes that he has for you? It becomes important that we never then underestimate what God has given us, that we never overlook what God has given us because what God has placed in your hands will always lead you to the purpose that he's placed on the inside of your heart. 
Well, someone say, I'm called. No matter where you're at, if you would, from front to back, we just bow your head and close your eyes this morning. Each of us are called. Maybe you're not called to full-time ministry and be an HVLS, but friend, you are called. Come on, you have a purpose. You have a gift. This morning, I'm going to ask you just one question. Whether you're in junior high, high school, or maybe you're a grandfather, a grandmother, a parent, a brother, a sister. Maybe you own a business. Maybe you work. Maybe you're, maybe you're an aspiring actress or you're a creative, whatever it is. What is in your hands today? What's in your hands? It, maybe for some of you, it's not the, maybe it's not, why well, I, I like to speak. Maybe that's not in your hand, but maybe you're a musician or you have a good personality. Maybe you're creative and you like to create things. Maybe you, you have a gift of photography. Maybe you could write a blog or you have an idea. Maybe you have a burden that's sitting in your hands. Maybe you have finances sitting in your hands. Maybe you could hold a baby. It's a lot of different things that could be sitting in your hands today, but what is the gift that God has put in your hands? He's like, well, Mark, you don't understand. My gift is not that big of a deal. It's, it's hardly powerful for God's use. But what makes your gift powerful is that when you look in your hands and you see that gift is that you raise them back up and say, God, here's what I have. Can you use this for your purpose? What is that gift for you today? Maybe what's in your hand today is the, the feeling or the burden. Maybe I'm supposed to go to Santa Paula and help launch that campus. I don't know why I feel this way. I don't think it's, I don't know what I would even do there. You know, oftentimes it takes one step. We don't know what that one step will do inside of our lives. And even more importantly, we don't understand what that one step will do for the lives of the people around us. Maybe God has put it on your heart to go to the 850 service because there's a person you're going to sit next to that God wants to use you in their life. But we never know until we take the step. This morning, we have two different altar calls. The first, what's in your hand? No one's looking around. That includes you that's looking. I mean, just out of respect to the people that are sitting next to you. They can have their moment with Jesus today. I'm not going to do anything weird. Just give you your moment. Maybe today you feel like God is calling you to, to be a part of the Santa Paula campus. If that's you, would you just raise your hand this morning? So that's me. God bless you. I see that hand. Awesome. Say, anybody else? Say, I feel like God's calling me to be a part of that. God bless you. I see you. Maybe you're in here today and you feel like God is calling you to be a part of that 850 service. If that's you, would you just raise your hand this morning? Yeah, hands are all over the room, Pastor. God's calling me. That's the first step right there. God's calling you. He has a purpose. You're not just going there to, to just empty out a seat. That's part of your purpose. But maybe God has something grand ready and waiting for you on the other side of your step. This morning, maybe God's calling you to something else. You look in your hands and you see a gift, a talent, a calling. You say, I'm ready to take that step towards my purpose, what God has for me. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me, Mark. Your hand's all over the room. God bless you. See you in the back too. Amazing. What's the first step? Put that gift into action, whatever it is. Use it. Grow it. And do everything you can do to use it for God's purposes.